D F S. It is Friday, September 16th here in DraftShark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 2 FanDuel podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. Jared, on FanDuel this week, I don't think we have to go quite as cheap as on DraftKings and go all the way down to Trey Lance, which I would prefer to not trust just yet. But I like some guys in the 7K range. What are you doing for cash quarterback on FanDuel? Yeah, so the guy I like in the 7K range is Derek Carr at 7,300 bucks. Um, you know, he didn't have a great outing in week one, but we did see the Raiders play fast and be a pass heavy offense. They were third in situation neutral pass rate in week one. And now they get this Cardinals defense that got smoked by Patrick Mahomes in week one. They're dead last in football outsiders pass defense DVOA. And the, the Raiders have the highest implied total on the main slate. So Carr looks good to me at 7,300. I also think Lamar Jackson is in play at 8,200. I almost feel like I should be playing him for, you know, less than a thousand more than Carr. We have offensive line concerns in Baltimore. And I'm really keeping an eye on Lamar's rushing. Um, Mm -hmm. He did not run much in week one. I want to see if that changes in week two. So I'm I'm, I'm a little gun shy on Lamar. I probably, you know, save the 900 bucks and play Carr in cash. And Miami's not a bad defense. It's a game where you wouldn't be surprised if he is limited a bit. So I, I'm with you on being a little bit wary of Lamar Jackson, especially for cash purposes, where we don't need the ultimate ceiling that we do to win a tournament. Russell Wilson, Derek Carr at the top of our FanDuel dollars per point rankings. I like it. It's, it's fairly safe, but they also have the ceiling that we do want. Obviously, you want to score as many points as you can. The Raiders have the highest implied total on the main slate. Um, the Broncos sit third in that category. They're both facing weak defenses. Devontae Adams is there as a clear stack for Derek Carr. And 8,800 is probably low for the role that he had in week one. So I think he'll go up into the 9K range going forward. Jerry Judy also sits high in our dollars per point rankings. 6,300 bucks for him. So that offers you some cap flexibility if you play. Russell Wilson at sub 8,000. Uh, Jerry Judy at 6,300. I think there's a lot of room to add plenty of stud production at other positions. Yeah, I like um, Russell Wilson for tournaments as well. Uh, I think Lamar Jackson's a good tournament play. Um, And then I think Trey Lance makes sense in tournaments on FanDuel. I do think he'll be lower owned on FanDuel than he will be on DraftKings because he doesn't stand out as, you know, as, as big a value on FanDuel. You know, we, we still have the massive rushing upside. We saw him get 13 carries in week one and you know this is a you know we obviously had the weather conditions in chicago if he gets better weather here he gets a, a seahawks pass defense that you know is 27th in football outsiders pass defense rankings through week one they were 26th last year they just lost safety jamal adams you know their best secondary piece for the season um, so it's a really good spot for trey lance um, i think it's a you know definite bounce back spot and he's you know more than affordable on on uh, fanduel I'm trying not to be distracted here, Jared, but I've gotten notifications on my phone from somebody in one of my leagues dropping Albert O to pick up OJ Howard and oh. picking up Geno Smith in a one quarterback 12 team league. I'm like, come on, guys, don't do this while I'm recording the show. That's, you know, that's the kind of stuff that's going on this week. We're getting questions about stuff like that. Should I drop yep. this guy who actually plays tight end for Taysom Hill, who's going to get three touches a week? <laughs> So it, it, it's fun times. We're trying not to overreact, but you know, DFS is the place where we can uh, overreact or take a shot and see if something is not actually an overreaction <laughs> for GPPs. Uh, Derek Carr is not going to be in play for me, at least not nearly to the same degree because he's projected for higher ownership among quarterbacks and uh, Devonte Adams is likely contending for the highest owned wide receiver overall. So I'm just going to 
lean away from that. I do like the Broncos, as you already alluded to. I think that Lamar Jackson is in play here because he does have that ultimate ceiling if everything goes right for him this week. Probably not going to be as highly owned as if he were coming off a classic Lamar game. So be watching that ownership projection into the weekend. But if he's in the single digits, I'm very interested there. Mark Andrews projected for a little bit higher ownership, but you know, if he hits, that doesn't bother me too much. Lamar Jackson, Rashad Bateman could be one where they both come in lower than they should if they hit their ceilings and the dolphins were not great in deep coverage last year. So, you know, tournament only, but I think that's an upside stack to start things. Yeah. I think that game could be higher scoring than people are expecting. And what even, you know, the Vegas uh, over under says that that could be a good game to stack up in tournaments. I mentioned the, we mentioned the Washington guys on the other show. I think they're in play. I, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm excited about Carson Wentz at 7,400 when we can get Russell yeah. Wilson at 75 and the receivers are in the 5k range. So, you know, these guys are in play. It worked out last week. It could work out again this week, but it's not a specific target stack for me this week. Yeah. Head over to DraftKings if you want to stack up Washington. I think, I think there are better plays there. Running back for cash. What do you like? I'm playing Daryl Henderson here. Curious to get your thoughts on that, but 6,200 bucks. I don't know. I I'm, I'm, you know, I think it's most likely that he gets similar usage in week two as he did in week one. I mean, you know, Sean McVay throughout his coaching career so far has you know tended to favor a, a clear lead back. And that was obviously Henderson in week one. And the, the matchup's just so good. You know, Atlanta dead last in football outsiders run defense rankings through week one. Um, the Rams, what, 10 point home favorites with the second highest implied total on the slate. So it's, it's just a perfect situation for, for a back in cash. I think there's more space between Daryl Henderson salary wise here and the other guys that I would consider in the same range than there is on DK. So I guess I'm more willing here and I don't know I, that that's my thing is I I'm not saying that I think it's going to be different this week. I just have no idea. I, I <laughs> we'll see. And that, that, that not knowing is what makes me wary, but you know, if it is the same as last week, then Henderson could easily go 90 to hundred yards and score twice. So I could suffer for letting uncertainty keep me from playing. And we'll see once I get more into building the lineup and see if that 6,200 matters to me for salary. Cause the group that I'm starting out looking at is Leonard Fournette at 7,800. We'll see about the hamstring in Friday's practice. Saquon Barkley at 8,800, Joe Mixon at 8,300, Javante Williams at 7,300. I mean, like if I, if I just find that I can fit three of those guys without too much trouble, then I don't have, I don't feel the need to make myself feel differently on Daryl Henderson. Yeah, and you could fit those three guys. And I, I kind of want to play Jonathan Taylor in cash though. And Henderson obviously helps there. You know, Jonathan Taylor, 10,000 bucks, um, obviously coming off the big game in week one. I feel like it's kind of gone underreported the role that Taylor played in the passing game in that one, in a game that, you know, the Colts surprisingly trailed throughout but 64% of the routes for Jonathan Taylor and a 14% target share. He was at a 10% target share last year. So that was a pretty big increase. And, you know, just the fact that he played ahead of Naheem Hines in passing situations in that kind of game script, you know, makes me feel much better about Taylor's ceiling and floor for the rest of the way. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy because Frank Reich was saying the opposite of that leading up to the season. And, you know, it's not like we were like, Oh, Jonathan Taylor is going to play a lot less, but you wouldn't have expected him to grow his role this year versus last year, you know, it's just one week. So we'll see, but um, yep. definitely worth noting anything else for the cash side before we go to tournaments. Uh, James Connor is kind of the last guy I'm looking at, you know, he's in that mid 7,000 range, 7,600. Um, you know, he, 
got the workhorse usage last week that we expected him to, you know, the final box score might not look like it because they pulled him in the fourth quarter of a blowout loss. So I guess as long as they don't get blown out again this week, uh, I think, you know, Connor is going to give you 20 plus touches. Yeah. I want to include him here. I am like, as I'm looking at and thinking about putting Connor in cash lineups, I I'm like, okay, Matt, don't lose sight of the fact that his team is a five and a half point underdog this week. So if things go that way, maybe it limits him again. I would like to believe the Raiders are not going to have as easy a time as the chiefs did, but I mean, the chiefs weren't explosive, you know, relative to usual chiefdom last night on offense. So I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm slightly wary. I don't, it's, I'm I'm not against playing Connor and cash, but I guess I'm not as gung ho as I was heading into week one. I just think he's going to play such a big role in the passing game that even if they are playing from behind, like the only risk is, you know, again, they they're losing by three touchdowns in the fourth quarter and end up pulling James Connor again. Yep. I agree. And I'm, I'm not going to argue against playing him in those GPP side, Antonio Gibson at 7,400. I think he's going to come in lower owned than he should off of what was a a good week one, Uh, not big rushing stuff, but he had a lot of receiving. There are 11 running backs currently projected for double digit ownership on FanDuel, according to the numbers that we have in our lineup generator on draft sharks, two others tied with Gibson as well. So that's 13 running backs, either tied or ahead of him. He tied for eighth in opportunity share in week one. Again, that was without huge rushing numbers. So a lot of that came receiving. The Lions allowed lots of rushing production to the Eagles. Even if you take out what Jalen Hurts did on the ground, Eagles running backs averaged 5.7 yards per carry against those Lions. So assuming that Detroit doesn't run up the score here and assuming that they didn't somehow figure out how to toughen up and run defense should be a, a pretty good situation for Antonio Gibson getting the ball. Yeah, Gibson sixth in expected fantasy points in week one. So just a super valuable role that he played. Awesome matchup, like you said. So I definitely like Gibson for tournaments. Um, I mentioned Josh Jacobs again here. We talked about him on DraftKings. He probably is even a better play on FanDuel with the half PPR, but 6,600 bucks for a you know lead back and the guy who should be the clear goal line back for the team with the highest implied total on the main slate. I think that makes, you know, Jacobs a good tournament play. He, he has multi-touchdown upside and then kind of a, a super sneaky one. If you're, you know, playing one of the, the big tournaments, you know, the multi-entry stuff, Melvin Gordon for 6,000 bucks. I mean, everyone's all excited about Javante Williams and, and I am too. And I do think he's the primary, he's going to be the primary pass catching back all season, but you know, Gordon beat Javante Williams and carries in week one. Both of them got at least one goal line carry. I remember cause they, you know, they both fumbled. So we'll see how that gets split going forward. But I mean, you know, Melvin Gordon, big home favorite team with a high implied total. Like, you know, but both those backs could get, you know, 13, 14 carries on Sunday. And if Gordon breaks off a long one or scores a touchdown or two, you know, he's going to be a good tournament play. I also want to throw out Jeff Wilson Jr. at 6,300 bucks. He took every non Elijah Mitchell running back opportunity in week one. He has eight career games of 15 plus carries for these 49ers. He has four games of 20 plus carries last year alone. He had games of both 19 and 21 carries that was coming off a knee injury. So with Elijah Mitchell out, I know Kyle Shanahan said hot hand, but Jeff Wilson Jr. is obviously somebody that he likes and trusts. And I think that he's not going to get high ownership in the field that we have this week. But as I mentioned, it would not be anywhere near unprecedented for him to get 18 plus carries in this game. Yeah, good tournament play. I wouldn't touch him in cash, obviously. I agree with that. Wide receiver for cash, Jared. What do you like? Uh, so I'm just trusting our projections here and kind of, you know, playing the three guys, the pop is the best values. The, the first is DJ Moore, who I just think is way too cheap at 6,200 bucks. Like 
that's just I don't know what he was last week, but I'm assuming he's cheaper this week and just kind of kind of an overreaction to one bad game. You know, we've mentioned the Panthers ran just 50 offensive plays in that game, so all the production was just muted by the low play volume. So I'm going to take the discount on DJ Moore. We have Jerry Judy just 100 bucks more than DJ Moore at 6300. You know, he is coming off a nice opener um, in a good spot at home for the Texans on Sunday. And then Devontae Adams, I think, you know, for 8,800 bucks, we mentioned him uh, stacking him with Derek Carr in tournaments, but I mean, you know, he comes out with a 46% target share in his Raiders debut. Like it's not going to be there all season, but it would not surprise me if he's a 30% target share guy for, you know, the course of the season. And he has this, you know, great matchup against the Cardinals. DJ Moore was 6,400 last week on FanDuel, by the way. And Robbie Anderson probably came up in his salary. I don't know what his week one salary was, but he's only $300 cheaper than DJ Moore this week. They played the same amount, but I certainly am betting on DJ Moore to be ahead of Robbie Anderson in targets. And, you know, as I mentioned, it's a weak defense overall. Giants 31st in pass defense DVOA in week one. And that came against the Titans. We haven't even gotten things adjusted for opponents yet because we don't have numbers on how good or bad those opponents are. So just straight action against the Titans who are not, probably going to be a passing juggernaut or the second worst pass defense um, by football outsiders measures. Other guys in that 6k range that I'm looking at besides what you've mentioned, Brandon cook, 6,700 Christian Kirk, 6,500 you know, for the Jaguars, the playing time was even among the top three, but Kirk did lead in targets that we'll see where things go, but that tracks with what we heard and saw in the summer stuff. So I'm not worried for his sake about Zay Jones and Marvin Jones playing the same amount as much as I am encouraged by the target share that he got in that opener. I think he, I, I'm not going to call him the clear number one dominant number one, but yeah. he's the top receiver for that team that will probably throw the ball. Yep. To him. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. GPP side. What do you like? Um, so I like the wide receivers in the Broncos Texans game. We've talked about the Broncos, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, 6,800 bucks. And then Brandon cook, 6,700 bucks who you just mentioned, you know, 32% target share for Brandon cooks in the opener. Um, he's seen double digit targets now in four straight games with Davis Mills. So I just think he's a great target bet for the price tag. You kind of hope, you know, the Broncos get out to a big lead with Jerry Judy and or Cortland Sutton. And then, you know, cooks kind of, you know, does a lot of damage late in that game. So I like those guys. And then again, another, you know, larger tournament play, I think Brandon Ayuk um, down at 5,700 bucks. Another guy who I think you just kind of write off the box score in week one, um, you know, in those conditions, but I ran a pass route on every single Trey Lance drop back. Um, again, has this good matchup against the Seattle secondary without Jamal Adams. So I think, you know, if you're playing uh, Trey Lance in the tournament, you can definitely play him without any of his pass catchers. But Ayuk's the guy I would go with if you're if you're stacking up Lance. Yeah, I mean, I agree with the mulligan on last week. I don't think I'm going to get to Ayuk anywhere on here this week, but I can understand the case for him. I think that the Saints wideouts are going to be underplayed here as well. Uh, Jarvis Landry's at 2% at 6100 bucks. So, I mean, just like on DK, he was the second highest wide receiver finisher without a touchdown in week one. He trailed only AJ Brown was 18th in FanDuel scoring. He's now tied for 25th on the main slate in FanDuel pricing. So, you know, even with that production from last week, he would be a value. And another guy that's in the higher range that I think is headed for lower ownership than he really should is Jamar Chase. He's tied for 11th in projected ownership at wideout by our numbers. That obviously doesn't come close to matching his ceiling. I like him much better this week than Mike Evans and Marquise Brown, who are tied with them. I think he's a good pivot off of Devontae Adams, who's going to be much higher owned at a nearly identical price. We're going to get the target share for Jamar Chase. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's nothing scary about the matchup with Dallas. I know that Tampa yeah. Bay didn't do a whole lot on offense 
against the Cowboys. I know that the Cowboys rated well as a defense last year, but we all also know that Trayvon Diggs let up a lot and he's their number one cornerback. They have injuries at safety. Jaron curse is out this week. So Jamar chase, you don't even have to make the upside case for it's just like people aren't going to be playing him as much as they should this week. So go ahead and get some Jamar chase. Yeah. Chase is tough. Cause I feel like if I play him, I'd want to play a cowboy on the other side. Cause I think for, you know, chase to hit his ceiling, you're going to need Dallas's offense to do something. Um, I don't know. I don't know what cowboy I play. Like, you know, CD lamb, I'm sure is going to be super low owned, but 7,700 bucks is kind of tough to pay that with Cooper rush under center. Maybe you take a chance on one of the running backs. I mean, not, none of the guys, you know, individually look like good plays to me, but again, I do kind of think you'd need some cowboy to do something. If chase is going to actually, you know, hit his ceiling. I mean, he can do, he can head seven targets, catch five of them and go for 120 and a touchdown or two. So I know that the, the ideal scenario finds yeah. a surprising shootout, but I don't think you need to force it. If you do feel like you need to force it, I think Dalton Schultz might be the the one that you go for. Sure. And Allen Robinson, we haven't really talked about much. We talked about him on the DK show, but high ownership projection this week. So if you, if he's a guy that you're going into DFS this week saying, all right, I, obviously they like him. They paid him. It's bounce back time. That's what everybody is saying. Everybody's using uh, Allen Robinson this week. <laughs> I, I don't think that I'm going to be playing him at all. Yeah. I would say, I think he's a better play on FanDuel than DraftKings. I think he's actually a decent value here at 5,700 bucks and DraftKings. He's 5,500 bucks. He doesn't even you know, show up as a, as a nice value by our projections. Um, so if you do want to play him, I would do it on FanDuel at tight end. I think in cash, you can probably get to Mark Andrews at 7,400. Yeah. What do you think Jared? Yeah, that's where I'd like to get up to. Um, Kyle Kyle Pitts is tempting again at 5,900, but it's like how many times can we get burned by this guy? You know, I do think in tournaments Pitts still makes sense, but I would definitely like to get up to Mark Andrews and Cash. You know, obviously disappointed a bit last week, but got a 23% target share, was on the field for you know basically every single pass play. And this matchup looks good. Miami was not good against tight ends last year, and then through week one of this season they're sitting 26th in Football Outsiders tight end coverage rankings. I'm not going to be getting to Kyle Pitts in any format on here. He's certainly, you know, in play at 5,900. I get the case for him, but the other guys are safer than he is. And the ceiling's higher. The Raiders have an implied total of 28 and a half for Darren Waller's purposes. The Ravens are at 24. The Falcons are at 18.25. So he's, he's got Marcus Mariota as his quarterback. You know, I I guess the best case scenario for his upside is Atlanta has to throw the ball more and they're chasing that means that they're not playing a very good game. It probably means turnovers for the quarterback. There's, you know, never going to be as much touchdown upside. So, and now we've got higher ownership because the salary is down and because there are so many Kyle Pitts fans, they want to capitalize <laughs> on it. So I, I'm just not going to get there at all this week, regardless of format. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you that Andrews and Waller straight up are much better plays. It's the price on Pitts. You know, he's, he's in a, you know, he's Pitts is tiered with, TJ Hawkinson and Dalton Schultz and Pat Fryermuth. And if you're talking about like upside, I think Pitts beats those guys pretty easily. So that's what makes him intriguing. I would not say easily. I would say he beats them on upside, but I think if you factor in everything, I think he's a lot closer to those guys than any of us wants him to be. Has TJ Hawkinson ever had had a big game? I swear he just goes, you know, five for 50 every week. (laughs) Kyle Pitts has one career touchdown. So let's, uh, let's not get too down on TJ Hawkinson here. If we're talking about that comparison. Um, on the GPP side, it looks like Darren Waller is going to be headed for lower ownership relative to the other big name guys here. He's much more interesting to me than Kyle Pitts here. If I'm paying up at tight end, Mark Andrews is probably going to be higher owned, I think, than Waller. Yeah, we have, I mean, we have, so we have Pitts at 16%, Andrews at 11, Waller at eight. 
Um, I definitely, you know, factoring in price as well, I definitely think Waller is the best tournament play among those three in what just should be the best game environment. You know, that, that game should be a shootout. Um, so I like Waller. Zach Ertz is actually on my radar on FanDuel here. 5200 bucks. Um, again, I think that game's going to be a shootout. We're going to have no Rondell Moore. And Zach Ertz was a full go in Thursday's practice. He did not put in any full practices last week. So I think he might be getting over that calf injury. And if he's 100% healthy, you know, 5200 bucks is a nice price for Zach Ertz. I like it. And he also might pull a little bit of ownership away from Albert Oakwake Boonham, who at 5,100 has a projection that's a little bit high right now, but he is already behind Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, Tyler Higby, and TJ Hawkinson. This week, he gets a Houston defense that was worst in the league last year in tight end coverage DVOA. He wound up running routes on 74% of Russell Wilson's dropbacks in the opener. So I, like the rest of you, were very surprised at the number of Broncos tight ends that got <laughs> targets in that game. And the the number of things, the number of times I heard Andrew Beck's name before seeing Albert O, but I think they really just delayed it because um, Joe Buck was afraid to say his name. So, you know, he got it so wrong too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think he amazing. did. I think he did. It's amazing how many fantasy people can say Albert Oakwake Boonham and Joe Buck is like Albert. Ah, right. oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. So tied for 12th in target share among tight ends in week one. That's not amazing, but it's enough. And one touchdown, of course, makes yeah. him a win at 5,100 this week. Yeah, I like that call. And then I have to throw out Tyler Higby, um, 5,300 bucks here on FanDuel. You know, high, high implied total, got the awesome usage last week. I, I do think he's an, an interesting tournament play. It looks like he's going to be pretty owned, though. He's not really sneaking under the radar, especially at, at this price. Yeah, 11% projected ownership on Higby everybody's just like, okay, this is what we needed. The Rams sucked <laughs> yeah. in week one, but they're really good. And now they get the Falcons. So I'm just going to play everybody this week and win the bounce back points. We need like four disappointing outings from Higby. Then he'll start to be low on. That'll be the time to, to really get on him in tournaments just so he can disappoint us again. Although you'll be, you'll be down on him at that point. If we get multiple bad outings from Higby, there's no way you're going to be on bounce back at that point. If he, if he, you know, keeps with the 90% route rates and the 20% target shares, I'm going to, I'm going to have to just, you know, just keep playing him. <laughs> on defense, the Bengals at 3,900 don't stand out nearly as much here. Right. Well, I guess I shouldn't say nearly as much because they're still at the top of our dollars per point rankings. They just don't mm-hmm. stand out quite as much as they yeah. do on DraftKings, but like I said, they are still up there. They're not going to be as highly owned on FanDuel. They probably will still come in as the highest owned defense, though, I would imagine. Yeah, and I'll start there with the Bengals and kind of, you know, work on the rest of my lineup. If I have an extra 300 bucks, I'd probably prefer to get up to the, the Bucks at 4200 But, you know, coming off a great outing against Dallas and, you know, they get Jameis Winston. Um, there's some questions on the Saints offensive line. And then I think if you get to the end of your lineup and you need some savings off the Bengals, I think the Patriots at 3,700 bucks, you know, it saves you 200 bucks if you need it. Um, they get the Steelers who, you know, the O-line is as, as bad as we thought it was going to be. And then, um, you know, turnover prone quarterback in Trubisky. 3,700 for the Patriots, their favorites on the road. So you like the situation for that defense. I think for the Bucks defense, it might be, I don't know, a rare opportunity to start the defense and stack it with like Saints receivers because the ideal situation for all those guys might be Jameis throwing, you know, two first half interceptions, needing to bring them back in the second half and then just targets galore for Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry. And of course, Juwan Johnson, everybody's new favorite. Tight end. <laughs> That's right. There, there were, there were definitely tournaments that were won uh, back in Winston's Bucks days that had, you know, Winston to one or two of his receivers and the opposing defense. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> what's what's old can be new again. Uh, not a whole lot of other standouts for me at defense. I had trouble picking out other options that really yeah. looked good. Yeah, I have the Panthers as a GPP play. Um, you know, same price as the Bucks at forty two hundred. I think they'll be lower owned, and uh, you know, Daniel Jones in that shaky O line of the Giants gives the Panthers some upside. Yeah, I will go ahead and say now that every defense facing the Giants has weak altering upside. Every single one the rest of the season. For sure. That's going to do it for this week two FanDuel podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now. You can play with the lineup generator. You can build your own lineups for FanDuel contests, for DraftKings, for Yahoo. We've got all the slates except showdowns in there for you to mess with. You can also find Kevin's articles highlighting top picks for cash and GPP entries on FanDuel. For Jared Smola and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us.